0: What a wonderful thing to be involved in and to work out with you guys. Um, Right, I'm just going to chop my message in half (laughs) at this moment, but that's okay. You don't want to hear me, really. I'd much rather we still get 10 minutes just responding to Jesus and seeing what he wants to do in and through us together on this day. So yeah, let's, uh, let's see how we get on. I wanted to talk about how you as a community in your various locations can live in this Babylon. I don't know if you've had a handwritten letter anytime recent. Anyone had a handwritten letter recently? Like last month or so? Yeah, what, about three. It's a bit of a dying art, isn't it? And uh, when my wife and I were dating, uh, doing a distance thing, we used to write to each other these love letters. And um, I was up in the loft a couple of weeks ago, and sometimes when I'm up there, I'll have a look at them, because I can't resist it. And uh, you know what? They're good now. Even looking back, they're good now. But they were amazing then. Because then, when we weren't together, it gave me a sense of hope. It gave me a sense that someone loved me, (laughs) someone was for me. And it gave me a sense that actually maybe there is hope in this. That maybe there is a destiny and a future in this. And there was. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm now married to that woman, by the way. (laughs) The people of Jeremiah's day, they also needed a letter. And uh, this letter was amazing for them then. really was. It's also good for us now. Because it reminds us of how God would have us live in Babylon. They, Israel, had given their allegiance to other gods. There was rampant social injustice at this time. Widows, orphans, and immigrants were being taken advantage of. Inside the temple, all looked good. Outside of it, it was shocking. Child sacrifice... All sorts was going on. And God, in his mercy and in his judgment, brought a change. He brought a shift. Why? Because they had lost their distinctiveness as the people of God. And judgment came from the nation of Babylon. As they come and invaded that place. And God's people were taken into exile in Babylon, for 70 years. And in that place, how did God's people respond? As far as I could see it, they had several options. They could have withdrawn. Like they would have walked 700 miles to get there. They had to learn another language. There was so much death and desolation that had taken place. The priesthood was gone. The temple destroyed. I would have withdrawn, wouldn't you? In that kind of context. Or they could have attacked. There was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of brokenness. And that resentment can come out in nasty ways. They could have been aggressive, just like their aggressors, and retaliated by force. Or was there... An alternative way to live in Babylon. Well, I want to read Jeremiah 29 and uh, just a few verses, really. Um, and see what you hear. See what way you hear. So starting from Jeremiah 29, verse 1, it says, This is the text of the letter. Just, I'll, I'll just do this verse for a bit of context that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people, Nebuchadnezzar, he was the leader of Babylon, had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. I'm going to jump to verse 4 just to save a little bit of time. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, they needed a word from the Lord of how to live in Babylon. Verse 5 build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease, do not shrink back. Also, verse 7 seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is the word of the Lord. What did you hear? Withdraw? No. Attack? No. I hope you heard, positively integrate without losing your distinctiveness. Friends, that is how they needed to live then. That is how we should be living now. We're still in Babylon. Let's be honest, make no bones about it. This world is a difficult, dark place. The enemy is rampant in his seeking to destroy the church and the world. But we have a great victor who's building a great church and he's calling his people to positively integrate into their Babylon, wherever they find themselves, without losing their distinctiveness. I've got three ways to live that I'm going to rattle through very quickly. We might get them all. We might not. Um, The first one, is to leave the comfortable. Now, as a Christian, it's not meant to be easy. You know that, right? You don't look that sure. (laughs) In John 17, Jesus speaks to his disciples. In fact, he prays for them. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one that's in the world. And that by doing that, you would sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. When we become a Christian, God doesn't promise us instant relief from all the difficulties of the world, but what he does promise is to protect you within it. So that means you can go with confidence and talk about him wherever you are. He promises to sanctify you through those challenges and those difficulties to grow you to become more like Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? What kind of things do we need to leave in terms of stuff that can become comfortable? One of those is sin. You know we're meant to leave that stuff behind when we become a Christian increasingly and for his glory He who called us is holy. So he says, be holy. Become like me through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? So we can be distinctive from the world. You know, sometimes the church doesn't look that much different from the world. And sometimes the world doesn't look that much different from the church. God has called us out. We are new creations. We have an identity that is now not a sinner, but a saint in Him. And we can live out that call. I had an example that I was going to give you here um, where I was out in town one day uh, a while back. It's probably the most outrageous example of this I could find. And uh, I was out with some mates, some friends, and uh, we'd had a few drinks. They'd had a lot more. We were stood outside. What should we do next? We were stood outside a gentleman's club, all right, posh name for a strip club. They said, let's go in here. I'm like, oh, great. i like, I'm not going in there. About eight of us lads, I said, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. And they're like, come on, Russ. What would Jesus have done? Yeah. <laughs> Like, Jesus was a friend of sinners, right, wasn't he? That's where Jesus would have been. I mean, they've got some lines. They know, you know, they're not stupid. I'm like, yeah, I know what you mean, but... And I just thought, if I come in there with you, I am no different from you. I would have lost my distinctiveness. Was it hard to say no in the middle of the street when they were all trying to... Yeah. But I said, look, that's not me. I'm out. And I went home. What else do we need to leave? Don't, you've got to hear me right on this one. Don't hear me wrong. We need to leave the comfortableness of the church. Now, if no one's here next week, Paul's not going to be happy with <laughs> me. Really. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But we've got to get out of our buildings. We've got to get out of our Christian bubbles. We've got to be in Babylon. We're not taken out of the world We're sanctified in through it so that we might make a difference to him. And you guys are doing a great job in this already, I'm sure. Alan Scott says, The dream of God over your life isn't just, and that's a really important word, that you become a believer and help out the local church. It's not just that you become a Christian and you help out in church, but that you become alive in his presence and bring life to every environment, spilling contagious hope into hurting humanity. Now that's a quote. That is the dream of God over your life. Is it your dream in God? See, the kingdom always comes as the church goes. As the church leaves the building... It changes what's around it. The people, the culture, and society. More church programs, more planning. That is not going to change your communities. It's people who change communities. It's Christians who change societies. Number two, love the town. Okay, so we've left the comfortable, and now we need to love the town or the village or your neighbor. Okay, or the city, wherever you are. We've got to get loved up with the love of Jesus. Jesus replied, you know this verse very well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard about God's love this morning. God first loved you. He chose you. He unbelievably calls us out, doesn't he, of our mess. He saves us. He fills us. He's committed to sanctifying us. We've heard that already. Why? One, that so we would love him back. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. But two, so that that love would overflow to others. <laughs> As we love him Others see our love for him. This is what the Babylonians, the Jews were called to serve the Babylonians, to love them. The commands hadn't changed. To seek that peace and prosperity of that place. Are you seeking the peace and the prosperity of Fordingbridge, Bridge, of Wimborne? Are you seeking the peace and prosperity of your neighbour, of those next to you, of Verwood? It's hard to pray for others, isn't it, if you don't like them. That's what I found. Anyone else? (laughs) If you don't love them, your town, it's very difficult to pray for them. God wants to give us hearts of compassion. <laughs> Broken hearts. It will love those around us. Number three, live the call. Cool. We're not just called out. We're not just loved up. We're sent in. we talked about this already a little bit. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine, let it shine let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven as you live your life for the glory of God others will see your good deeds and they will glorify the very same Father that you worship the church increasingly, I haven't got time for this needs to be brought out into its kingdom identity and to function as the trusted rulers that we are. Because God has put an awful lot of trust in you and me to fulfill his great commission. That we might know and have, just like Mark this morning, kingdom authority to lead, but also to live. And to also work out our kingdom assignments. God wants to drop today a whole bunch of kingdom authority for New Life Community Church. We can be so timid with who we are and with our faith. We can almost walk into tomorrow apologetic for the fact that we're a Christian. We can cower. We can shrink back but God says I've given you authority I want you to walk tour. wherever you are tomorrow the school gates, the office the factory in your own home as a mum sometimes you need more authority there than anywhere else This is not about pride. This is about power that comes from the Holy Spirit and from within. This is authority given from God to heal the sick, to preach the good news of the gospel, to bring the kingdom, to cast out demons. That's why Jesus... That's what Jesus said. He said, all authority has been given none to me, and I'm now giving it to you, and I want you to go. He did that to the 12, he does it to the 72, and he does it today to New Life Community Church. God wants to drop kingdom assignments into you today where you're going to work out some of that authority. That's how he works. He gives us authority, and then he gives us things to walk into to work it out. Jeremiah had his assignment. Mark's been given his next season of assignment today. I've got my assignment. I brought Alex with me. He's got his assignment. Sometimes they're seasons. Sometimes they're lifetimes. Sometimes they're days. Sometimes they're moments. And God's dropping kingdom assignments all over to his people in every moment. The question is whether we are hearing him. And then the next question is, once we've heard him, is are we being obedient to what he's calling us into?